everyone. This is Florence Bremer. Welcome to the Bonafide Legal Podcast. I'm your host. Bonafide Legal Podcast has been ongoing for two and a half years now, I'm happy to say. I am a lawyer in Phoenix, Arizona. I've been in Phoenix since 1999. Before that, I lived in Chicago and was born and raised in the suburbs of Chicago. I'm a mother, grandmother, wife, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer, as I've said, 21 years in practice. Throughout my practice, I struggled day by day to find balance between work and life. And that's what this podcast is about. So please join me on this journey in finding grace and contentment in the practice of law. And just to clarify, we're not just for lawyers. I also feel that we're for anybody. We're for moms who are home with the kids. Um, we are home, We are for small business owners. We're for people who are just working a regular job, full or part-time. Hopefully, whatever I'm saying can help you in any of those endeavors. Today, I wanted to talk about anxiety. A couple of weeks ago, I actually talked about being positive, and then I realized We're coming up on Thanksgiving. This is the Monday before Thanksgiving. And I thought, oh, geez, I should have held off on that um, series on being positive because it also has a lot to do with being thankful. So just a reminder, be thankful, have gratitude. It can definitely help. And it definitely helps regarding anxiety. I have felt probably a newer wave of anxiety um, in the last couple of weeks. We are still in COVID. Um, Back in March and April, I did a series where I was doing uh, a COVID series where I would do COVID part seven, COVID part eight. And I just stopped doing it because um, it, it wasn't ending. Like I figured, you know, you do a couple of them and then you'd be on to another phase of life. Things would get back to what we all lovingly call getting back to normal. And it did feel like things were getting back to normal to a certain extent for a while. And now things feel not so great. I think there was a lot of hope that when the election came, that would get us back to normal. And then when the election came and went, there's been an uptick in cases and just a lot of negative things on the news about it. I will say a positive thing. Um, I am not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I don't know for sure how this works, but it seems to me like the cases are more mild in a lot of um, a lot of extents, and people are recovering a little bit more quickly, or people are testing positive without symptoms. And which that part's bad because they're maybe spreading it and they don't know it. But it doesn't seem as crazy as it did initially. Um, So I'm holding on to hope with that. So I wanted to talk about this anxiety and, and depression. And this is not a substitute for getting mental health help. If you need mental health help, go get it. There's all sorts of sources out there right now. I attend CCV Church in Phoenix, and they have been doing a mental health series for the last month, 
and they're offering 10 free counseling sessions to anybody, like anybody. If you go on their app or website, you can sign up for it. And um, I think that's just wonderful and extremely generous. And they realized how how many people were suffering with mental health issues right now. So in any event, I wanted to talk about anxiety, just kind of general anxiety, the anxiety we're feeling by what's happening in the news every second, what's happening um, in our own houses, what's happening at work. I would say this is one of my most stressful years ever. Um, And one thing I do is just realize I can't control what I can't control. There's some things I can control. I can kind of control what goes on in my four walls and I can kind of control what I want to do at work, but there's a ton of stuff that I can't control. I can't control how the courts are going to handle cases. I can't control how my clients may be reacting in certain situations. I can't control how opposing counsel may be acting. There's just a lot of stressors in different ways. So what can we do? Number one, and I think maybe if I had a different name for this podcast, it would be the importance of self-care. I probably mentioned some sort of self-care in every single podcast. And it's super necessary. You have to do something. You have to find something. And it can be different things for different people. Lots of people love meditation. I will tell you a secret. I do not love meditation. Meditation for me is so difficult. I am not the person who can meditate sitting on a pillow with my legs crossed and my arms in my lap and deep breathing. Within five seconds, I'm fidgeting and I need to get going. And, you know, I know they say it's natural for your mind to wander, but that's all my mind does is wander in like a typical type medication. I'm sorry, meditation. I have tried meditation apps. They just don't work for me. But I do something that I consider meditation. And it may not be the typical one that you would think of. But I think I have my own thing going. And it it's more of a walking meditation. Being able to propel myself forward definitely helps with that. Walks clear my mind. And sometimes thoughts come to me. I always bring my phone with. I am usually listening, probably most of the time, I'm listening to a, a podcast, sometimes music on these meditations. But my mind is more free to wander than if I was at work or, you know, doing housework. And I bring my phone with. And as part of this meditation, a lot of times I feel a clarity And things will come back to me. Things will come to me. Like, you need to do this. Or what about this as an idea? Whether it's work or at home. um, Just like a free flow of ideas. I sort of feel it's similar to 
the times I've gotten acupuncture, which I think can be another form of self-care, which is another form of self-care. I definitely need to go do that again because it's very beneficial. And there's something crazy that happens when you do an acupuncture. When the needles are in you, you feel this flow of energy or blood or a release of muscle pain and you just feel things moving and it feels very, very good. Another thing for self-care is yoga. I have a really, really hard time with a long yoga session for a couple of reasons. One is um, just fitting it into a time frame. Another is impatience. Um, before March, I hate saying before and after COVID, like I'm just so sick of those phrases. So a lot of times I've been saying before and after March. Before March, I was going to a yoga class pretty regularly, probably weekly. It was a class that would go anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half. And it was um, good for me to do it. But if it wouldn't have been canceled um, because of what happened, I may have stopped going. Um, it A longer yoga class actually... Can, makes me cramp up at times. Um, whatever I have going on in my lower back, a lot of times it's spasms and sometimes the longer yoga, cl yoga classes and holding poses for a really long time can make it cramp up more. My general impatience of just tying up an hour or an hour and a half and also um, the, the whole thing about just holding poses forever, I have to admit this, I find like a little bit boring. Um, I would rather kind of get, get in and out of there with yoga. So on YouTube, there is probably a million yoga videos. You can do an hour one if you want, but there's plenty that are like six to 25 minutes. That's a time frame that works for me. Um, Another thing to do is just general relaxation and breathing techniques. I have to remember to breathe deeply. Otherwise, I am the most shallow breather. <laughs> I just came up with a word. I take the most shallow breaths. You have, I, like sometimes when I like catch myself doing it, I can't believe how shallow they are. Like they're not even hitting my lungs. They're just going to my, to my mouth. And then when you take that really, really big deep breath, all the way into your stomach and all the way out, it, it's a world of difference. And so remember to breathe. Like it's crazy. We're just breathing anyways, but remember to breathe. Feel that really, really big, deep breath. Exercise is really important. And like I said, I don't have, I don't have the time or the actual physical strength to go to the gym for two hours. But what I do have time to do is uh, put on a 12-minute video before I hop in the shower and get just that little bit of exercise in. Another thing that's really important is spending time with your family and friends. And I know it's not exactly as we'd like it to be right now, but you still can do it. I'm super lucky that right now all three daughters are under my roof again and my two grandchildren. And um, that's all new, like since this weekend, we're all together again. And we will just play board games or have dinner. And we have little 
traditions, little weekly things that we're doing. It's not the world's most exciting thing ever, but it's something where it just feels a little bit out of ourselves and keeps me from just sitting on my laptop. Board games have been really important. We really like something like apples to apples where you don't have to worry about complicated rules. We did, I picked up Cards Against Humanity. That game's a little dirty, but, and it's very similar to apples to apples, but it was, um, we had a good time, but it, that game's a little bit weirder. Or just kind of a general trivia game. Um, I picked up a game called I Should Have Known That from Amazon. And the questions are ones that you should know, and then sometimes you just don't because the, the name can't come to you. Or when you hear it, you're like, oh, yes, of course. And we had a lot of fun with that this week. Um, we'll do different dinners. Uh, Sunday night is usually Italian night. It's Sunday night dinner, just like on The Sopranos. They always did a Sunday night dinner. And um, th this week I went to... I went to Whole Foods and I picked up Ethiopian food and um, I will admit this because my family's so big I, I heated it all up I put it out it was gone within seconds it was so delicious and then when we were done everyone was like we're hungry so I had to make a frozen pizza it just <laughs> was crazy um, but right now I have a I have a big household so just having some of those like little routines of spending time with your family. A little break where you can just do something fun for a little bit. Um, well, again, this, this weekend we did the movie theater rental. This time we did AMC. The last two weekends we've done Harkins. AMC was more expensive, but they dropped their prices to meet Harkins. I'll give a movie review. It was a movie that wasn't great. But the nice thing about AMC is um, the seats are recliners. Harkins has, a lot of Harkins has recliners, but the one by me doesn't. And um, it was just fun. Like we go in there, we all spread out. It's just fun. It feels like a treat. And I know it's, it's, it's a little expensive. It's $150. You can do ones for 100, but they're older movies. And you can bring up to 20 people. And with that, um, if you have close to the 20 people, I think, well, that's what a movie would cost anyways. And especially if, with your, if you're with people who will pitch in, it becomes instantly more affordable. So I highly, highly recommend that while they're doing that. I'm hoping, I'm hoping in December they are going to release... Wonder Woman, like they said they were going to, and I would like to um, see Wonder Woman in that way as well. They may hold if this if things keep up the way they are, I predict maybe they'll hold off on on Wonder Woman. The releases have been like smaller releases. There's not any giant movies that you're seeing. The biggest movie I think that's been released as part of all this is the movie Tenant. And when the theaters opened up again, that's one I went and saw. But I just saw that regular. I saw it with my sister-in-law and my, my daughter. But otherwise, the movies are kind of smaller. 
Um, anyways, to get back to it, what else can you do for yourself? Anything, anything that works for you. My husband recently has been making tie-dyed shirts. I, he asked me if I want one. I said, no, tie-dye is really not my thing. But he's been making himself a ton of tie-dyes and experimenting with the colors. And he loves that. He loves to just fiddle in the garage, um, working on different things all the time. Something, a motor's burned out on something, he's got it taken apart. He's figuring it out. That's a very, very big thing for him. We all have whatever we have. And it's very important. My grandma, when she was alive, she's been dead for a very long time. She loved to talk on the phone with her family and friends. And she would call pretty much the same group of people every day. And then some people she didn't talk to every day, but maybe, you know, once a week or once a month. And it was a very big deal for her to be able to have those conversations. Um... So whatever you have, do it. Like, take care of yourself. If you're finding that sort of your self-care isn't enough, look into counseling. Um, see if there is a therapist that works well for you. There is a million ways to do therapy right now. I keep hearing commercials for a company called, it's, it's either Better Health or Better Help, and they do Zoom they set you up with a therapist and you do Zoom sessions with the therapist. What could be better right now? It seems like a really, really practical way to do things. Another thing is support groups. And support groups, um, I stopped going to uh, my church group in, in March. You know, well, it was canceled for a while and now it's getting back together. But I haven't felt ready to go back to it. Um, it just seems, I don't know, I hate to see ri say risky, but with everything going on, my time has changed in a different way. And it's one thing that I just don't have the extra time for. And if, um, you're finding that the counseling and the therapy is not enough, or maybe the support group is not enough, you may need to see a psychiatrist and get on medication. There's no stigma in that. Go do it. If you need it, go do it. And then another thing I'll say is, is just clean living, overall clean living. And I don't mean never having a drink. I love to have a drink maybe once or twice a week. And if I was a person who wasn't, I feel like I'm a person who gets tired very easily. So having a lot of drinks or, or drinking a couple times a week, having drinks a couple times a week doesn't work for me. But on Saturday night when we got together, I put a little bit of screwball whiskey. It's peanut butter whiskey. It's super delicious. And over ice and just sipped on it. It was the smallest amount of whiskey you could even imagine, but I probably drank it over an hour and just enjoyed it. So, um, <laughs> I put that in my clean living, but, um, you know, the clean living kind of goes back to the self care. Oh, another thing on the self care, if it, if it's something that you enjoy, get a massage. Massage therapists are doing different protocols due to what's going on in the world and enjoy a massage. 
Um, I've been getting them kind of frequently in the last couple of months, probably between a couple of weeks, I got like two in a row, like I got two Saturdays in a row, but it's more like every two to three weeks. And it helps me with pain management, it helps loosen me up a little bit. Um, I feel like it keeps my joints going. And it's part of that just clean living. Eating um, very clean is hard for me. Um, because I do have a sweet tooth and um, I like to make things like pasta, which probably aren't on the clean living, but I try to mix in a lot of things that hopefully are good for me. I had a big salad um, in my fridge this week and I had the salad for breakfast with, um, um, there's a stuff called Just Egg. <laughs> it's you can scramble it like egg, but it's made out of beans. And um, I, eggs are like not my favorite. Like every once in a while I'll have them maybe a couple times a year. But they're just weird to me. And for many, many years I was vegan. So I just tend to lean that way. Even though um, I will have dairy at times, no meat, but seafood occasionally not a strict vegan like I was but I just do naturally lean that way and um, so I had greens I made a salad dressing what I was calling like a breakfast salad dressing where I took grapefruit vinegar with olive oil some lemon juice and a little bit of honey mustard like a dot and a little bit of salt and mixed it together it was one of my favorite dressings I've ever had. That's a little tip for you. Like, do yourself a favor. Like, the dressings in the jars are fine. Um, but sometimes when you look at the ingredients, you're like, okay, what's this? But the most satisfying, delicious dressing is a vinaigrette. And if you go to um, an olive oil store, and there's plenty of them. They're, like, pretty much in every town, especially if you're, like, in an area that's maybe like a little bit more touristy and brought by me there's one um in Kierland which is in Scottsdale and there's also one in Cave Creek there used to be one really really close to my house and I went there like all the time but it's um it's been gone for a while and then sometimes when you go on vacation you'll have one that'll usually be like the type of souvenir I'll buy myself is a bottle of olive oil or a fancy vinegar because I don't want, you know, a t-shirt that said I went to Coronado. But an olive oil at the Coronado Olive Store, I'll take that. Um, and it's just the most satisfying salad dressing ever to just take that oil and vinegar. And with all the different flavored vinegars, you can make really delicious ones. And you can make a delicious vinaigrette even with a, a very, very inexpensive vinegar. White vinegar, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, you can use it in a vinaigrette. Red wine, which is inexpensive, red wine vinegar, you can use that. So just the, the easiest, most satisfying salad dressing in the world. Okay. I'm going to uh, wrap it up on that topic for today. I have a little bit of um, reviews and recommendations on things you can watch. So I'm still reading, and I'm 
I don't know if I mentioned this last weekend, but I'm reading Little Women as one of my books, and I can't tell you how enjoyable it is. I've actually been laughing out loud while I've been reading it. It's just such a sweet book about these four sisters, and they don't have money, and it's wartime, and what are they doing to occupy their minds? It's just so simple. And then, of course, there's no electronics because it's taking place during the Civil War, and they read, and they lay under trees, and they play imagination games, and they do all this stuff that's just lovely. Like, it's just so nice. So that's my little escape on uh, the reading front. Um, the movie that we saw this week was called Come Play, and it was a horror movie that seems to be a new releases out there. And, I, and I've, I'll go pretty much go see any horror movie. It was fine in like a certain extents, but Jillian, um, I think it's her last name, Jacobs, she was the actress in Community, who's usually very good. I felt like she did not want to be in this movie. And as excellent as she was in Community, not so great in this movie. There was um, a, a group of, of little kids. They could have used more of, there was four boys that were friends. They could have used a lot more of the four kids together. And they they just weren't together. <laughs> they kind of got together back at the end of the movie, and then the movie was over. But they really, really could have used some more of the com camaraderie of these kids together. And I think that would have made a better movie. The monster was infinitely unscary. Like, just so unscary. Um, and there was nothing in the movie that was suspenseful like how it was shot was not suspenseful there was one shot at the very very end that um, had like a little bit of suspense to it but otherwise mm -mm, like not so much but it was a short movie and we had a good time and it was just good it was a good night out not a good movie a good night out um, I also I last night I was having as I record this, it's 7 in the morning on Sunday. For one of the first times in a long time, I couldn't fall asleep. I just could not fall asleep. And I was exhausted by like 6.30. By 6.30, I was ready to go to bed. And then um, I had to go to the office and take care of some things. I got back home. It was probably 8.15-ish. And I thought, I'm just going to watch TV for a little bit and relax. I'm going to be asleep in no time. And I laid there and laid there and laid there. And I put on, and then I put on a movie that I was so into that I could not stop watching. Um, it was called uh, Get On Up, the James Brown biop, biopic, biography, <laughs> uh, movie about James Brown. And it was so good. And the reason why I picked it was because I'd been thinking about Chadwick Brosman, who played Black Panther and, and passed away this year. Like another one of the losses of 2020. It was just this young man who died of um, cancer. And 
from all accounts, appeared to be just a lovely, lovely person. And I saw that movie and I said, you know what, I want to, I want to watch this movie with him and, and see, it was never a movie that was on my radar. I don't know why. Um, I feel like I heard things about it where it was just like, meh, it was a good movie. It was too long. It was probably close to two and a half hours and there was a lot in James Brown's life and they filmed it more fantastical kind of like um the elton john movie kind of like rocket man where it skips around in time and um james brown addresses the camera directly and um you know sometimes his younger self is in the same room with his older self and and it didn't take away from it it added to that like that was all good but there was just some scenes that took a really, really long time. They spent a lot of time on the musical scenes, which I did enjoy the music. I'll tell you, I enjoyed the music. I was tapping my foot while I was laying down in bed, but um, it made for a really, really long movie that I think could have been shorter. But here was the best part of it. Chadwick Brosman was a revelation. Like just So the whole time I was mourning his loss of talent, that he's just gone. He became James Brown. And the thing about James Brown is when he speaks, it's really, really hard to understand. And he had his voice down. It's, um, it's a mix of, of just being Southern and also talking really fast. And um, so sometimes you just, I, I couldn't catch it. I couldn't catch the dialogue. But he sounded so much like him. And I think he lip synced the songs, but the lip syncing was amazing and his dancing was amazing and um there's a lot to James Brown after the movie I got on Wikipedia and I read more and there was even more to him he was troubled and it's sad because he had a really really bad childhood like born in 1939 and lived in a shack basically and then was sent to live in his aunt's brothel and worked at the brothel, um, doing whatever they needed him to do, you know, bringing men from the war into the brothel, like just crazy things. And then he went to prison for stealing a suit and um, met the this man who became his best friend and, and partner. And they did shows together for many years. And um, that man, and I'm kicking myself right now because I can't think of the actor's name but he was played by the whole time that I was looking at him and looking at his eyes I'm like those eyes like I recognize those eyes and finally I had to look him up because he just looked so familiar and who he was was the actor who played Lafayette in True Blood and if you've ever watched that HBO series like Lafayette was the, he was the comedy of the show. He was the heart of the show. And all, every scene with him was golden. And I love this actor. And that's who played him. And then I remembered, I'm like, that man died too. So the two leads are very, very young and both passed away. So that was just a, a you know, like a shroud that hung over the movie. Um, because they both were great like just so great 
And um, the actor who played um, James Brown partner died in 2017, so three years ago. And as I was watching them, because I'm pretty sure I've heard it in Prince interviews before, but I think a big influence of Prince was James Brown. And if he didn't say it, he sure lived it. If you watch the James Brown movie or just watch anything, you know, James Brown old clips on YouTube, you're going to see a lot of prints in there, like the dancing, the funk, like the, the, the music with the funk and the horns. Like Prince didn't do that all the time, but oftentimes he did. And the dancing, Prince's dancing was very much James Brown. So as I was watching Chadwick Brosnan, I thought he would have been great like if he was still alive, he probably would be in the Prince biop um, in a couple of years, you know, like he would have played Prince. And the man who played James Brown partner, I thought, oh, he would have made a great Morris Day. And they could have done a movie about Prince's and Morris's friendship and rivalry and everything else that they had going on. And the actors were right there. And, and now they're gone. And um, and it was sad. Like, I just kept thinking about that. Um, which, sorry, I'm like taking a little bit of a dark turn. But it was what I was thinking about when I was watching this movie. Another thing that I'm watching, I'm not really sure I can recommend it. But it's, if I recommend it for anything, it's for Hugh Grant's performance. And it's the limited series, The Undoing, which is on HBO. I'm finishing up my HBO subscription. It's ending in a few days. So I'm kind of cramming in some more HBO stuff. And this is what I'll do. I'll do different subscriptions. I'll take the trial, 7 or 14 day trial. And then I'll continue it for a couple of months and, and kind of watch everything on it. And then I'll switch to a new subscription. And that way, I'm... Um, I just realized my microphone may have not been plugged in the whole time. Shoot. Okay. Well, I guess I'll see in a minute. Let's finish up the podcast and see how it goes. Okay. So, um, the, the, the undoing, um, Hugh Grant is great. This is not a spoiler because they advertise this, but he is someone who may or may not have killed his ex or his lover and he's married to Nicole Kidman and you keep going back and forth they give you these little things where it's like he did do it he didn't do it he did do it he didn't do it it's kind of campy the first episode like I absolutely loved and then now I think it's gotten more into the camp side but because no Nicole Kidman is also such a great actress it doesn't veer over into that and Donald Sutherland plays her father, and it is, um, it's a good movie. So, or it's an okay <laughs> limited series. And I was watching it, and I watched the last episode yesterday, and I'm like, okay, that's how it ends. So I had to look it up, and it turns out there's one more episode, and it'll be next Sunday. So hopefully I'll still have my subscription by then to be able to watch it. But it's, it's good, and it's not the world's longest commitment. Okay, I am going to sign off for today. I'm hopeful this recorded. 
You can find the Bonafide Legal Podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes under Florence Legally Brunette, Bonafide Legal Podcast. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram under Florence Legally Brunette. I'm also on Facebook under my personal name, Florence Bremer, and under my law office, Law Office of Florence Bremer. I'm also on Patreon. Thanks so much and have a great Thanksgiving.